What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sean Wolf's Wrestling Wrap-Up. Sorry it's a couple of days late. <laughs> Not that you care, but yeah, I definitely got to work on... I'm ever going to move this up once this whole COVID thing is done. I definitely got to work on uh, getting it out as fast as possible, hence the night of or the morning. So that's the goal for this coming week from now on, to always have it up by noon the next day at the latest. All right, anyway... Uh, NXT, AEW versus NXT, Wednesday Night Wars. Right now, my score has been, it is 4-3 for NXT. Will NXT jump up by two again, or will AEW make the comeback and tie it up? All right, time to find out. I'm going to start off by covering AEW. So, let's see. It started off with John Moxley against Ryan Nemeth, Dolph Ziggler's brother. Uh, this guy, just like his brother, he's really good at selling, but we were kind of having a good laugh, the bros and me, about how he he's like a he's like an older, younger version of his brother Dolph Ziggler when he first broke in WWE. Sells great. Not really a fan. I would like he hasn't really done promo work. I just I feel like he's a little cartoonish and like he's trying too hard to be like Ziggler a little bit. Like, well, I mean, yeah, the tights, the look and everything. I don't mind if he kind of has that type of role, but I'd like to hear more of his promo work to see, uh, you know, what type of level star he can be on the show. Right now, he's pretty much just been booked like, almost like enhancement talent. He's been booked pretty much like his brother, the exception of having no championships, to have like decent matches with, uh, you know, top guys. Dolph obviously has great matches with top guys. This guy has some decent matches with top guys. And the end result is <laughs> they both lose. Uh, Moxley, uh, fucking such a badass. He fucking won with the paradigm shift. Gave a little promo at the end, thanking the fans and everyone that stood by him, and said in the explosive barbed wire death match at Revolution against the AEW World Champion Kenny Omega that he win, lose or draw, he's gonna give us his all. He's gonna die trying to take that championship back. Then there was. A, <laughs> A funny slash serious segment. Serious, it was meant to be serious, but it's kind of amusing. The Young Bucks came out and they said that, you know, let's just get it on right now. MJF and Jericho, you know, like we'll fucking defend our titles tonight. MJF and Jericho shown backstage being like, well, you know, we were getting the title shot at the pay-per-view. We don't need the title shot now. Why would we, you know, pretty much on the lines of why would we get dressed to come out there now? But we did run into someone backstage and you knew it. As they, they reveal who it is, it's the Young Bucks' dad, and he's all bloodied up. And then they're standing right by the the back of the truck, the truck doors, that have the Young Bucks' faces on it. So, you know, they throw, throw him into, Jericho throws him into, I believe it was Matt Jackson. And then MJF picks him up and be like, that's rude, you've got to say hi to your other son, Nick. And then throws him headfirst into the other door, and he's all fucking busted up and... Yeah, then the Young Bucks run to the back, and then Jericho and MGF have taken off in an SUV as one of the Young Bucks chases after. Great segment, hilarious. I, After doing something like that, they can't do the MGF turning on Jericho thing yet. So, I, I don't know. I think they're going to take the tag titles. I, I think it makes sense to give MGF his first championship. And, you know, Jericho is one of those legends that at some point, like, I don't mind him of... He doesn't really need to. I don't think he'll really ever hold the TNT title, but he's been the he's the AEW's first ever world champion, and you know him getting a tag title, which I think it should have been with Sammy Guevara, but 
Sammy's attitude hasn't helped. So yeah, fucking put it with MJF. I think that'd be a fucking great thing. And then you can build eventually to when they lose the belts and, you know, the turn happens. Sting came out, aired a video of how he saved Darby Allen from the body bag. This was after um, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage won their tag team match. Uh, Sting came out. He was about to take them on with the baseball bat. <laughs> but the funny thing is when he came out, he was dragging a body bag that had Taz's son in it. And Taz is commentating. So I thought that was that was fucking well done. Pretty comical that he beat the shit out of Taz's son. And when he got out of the ring to take them on, Darby Allen ziplined Stinger style to the ring and started fucking beating them up with the skateboard. And, you know, Sting and Darby cleared house. Really good segment there. Might have been... No, actually, no, it wasn't my favorite thing on the show. I'll get to that. Hangman Adam Page, my favorite single, male single star in the company. Love the guy's entrance and theme. He had a really good match with Isaiah from Private Party. Hangman, of course, got the win. And after the fact, Matt Hardy disappeared. You kind of hear his voice. And he says he's going to make everyone Hangman cares about suffer, starting with the Dark Order. And then you see him on the, on the top of the ramp with five. And he throws him off the stage through a table. And the Dark Order are going nuts, and you know, Hangman's just kind of like confused, like, fuck, what's going on here, you know? Like, he's kind of got to realize now he's got to have eyes in the back of his head, and he's all got to watch it for himself and watch out for his, his buddies. So it's looking like every week it's going to be some kind of predictable booking with Matt Hardy taking out a new member, but I think they, now that they know this, they've got to set a trap for him somehow. Actually, they probably will, because this is the last week of. Uh, dynamite before the pay-per-view coming up so yeah i have a feeling hangman will be ready for him this time somehow or hangman has to fucking flip the tables and he has to take out one of those fucking tq2 idiots or more so he needs to take out the isaiah from the private party because basically if he injures the remaining member of private party then you know matt hardy loses out on money because he gets 30 percent of their wages so i think that's a really smart way to that probably is how they'll do it. Mark my words. Let's let's see on Wednesday. Nyla Rose and Britt Baker had an amazing match. I fuck. Yeah, I think I'd have to say it's it's for the second week in a row. My favorite match on AEW was the women's match. Britt Baker is looks incredible in the ring right now. Like she looks the, the best shape she's ever looked. Don't give a shit. I gotta say it. the booty's looking fucking perfect. She looks great in the, you know, her, her, her ring game stepped up. Her promo work was good from the moment she turned heel a little over a year ago. Nyla Rose uh, gave her a hell of a match. I think she's a little botchy with some of her moves. Not as bad as Nia. Maybe they're even similar, but in that sense. But I think, yeah, Nia, fuck, actually, you know what? I think Nia botches less. I take that back. Nia Rose is a little sloppy because I remember she did a power bomb, she kind of fell back, and then she went to do another one, and it didn't look right. Uh, the wrong person won here. Nyla didn't deserve the win. She's already been a women's champion. She doesn't need the title again. Britt Baker is arguably the top female heel. It's her division. She had a great feud with Thunder Rosa. She beat Thunder Rosa in the match. I'm not saying that she had to beat her in the finals or win the whole tournament. It would have been cool if she did and took on Sheeta at Revolution, but I think she should have at least moved on here to the finals of the American side. So I thought this was really stupid-ass fucking booking to make, like, certain people happy. Another great match on this show. <laughs> it's actually starting to make, make him win me over. The Murderhawk, Lance Archer, 
was victorious against Ray Phoenix. Definitely, I'd have to agree with my brother Nick. The best, and a lot of the critics actually are, are uh, legendary wrestlers like Bully Ray and uh, Dave LaGreca. He's arguably the best cruiserweight or best high flyer in the business right now. I think he, I'd have to say he is. I think Ricochet's up there too, but with the way he's been booked, he doesn't get to show off as much. But yeah, no. Actually, even if he did, I'd say it's very, very close. But I'd love to see those two in a match together. But I got to give the edge also to Ray Phoenix. Phenomenal match. Back and forth. Uh, sometimes Lance works a little too much like a cruiserweight in a big man's body. I'm not the fan of it being overdone. Like Undertaker used to soar over the top rope like for big matches. And, you know, certain talents like Vader would do the moonsault for certain matches. But I just, Lance Archer walking the ropes in every match and do that moonsault, it just, it's a little too much for me. It's just like you're supposed to be the murder hawk monster and you're doing that once in a while, maybe. That's my only small little gripe, but it was a great match overall. I mean, he needed a win. Uh, he's won me over with his attitude from an interview he did on Busted Open this past week with Bully Ray and Dave LaGreca. Hope his dad's doing better because his dad was having some health issues. Very humble guy, told a few great stories. This match was great. Uh, I think due to annoying shits like Braun Strowman, it's easier for me to like other monsters and want them to get over. So, yep, definitely uh, slowly getting on the murder hog train. You know, DCAEW show, can't complain. Now on to the NXT side of things. Johnny Gargano opened the show, coming out with the way to take on Dexter Loomis. I'm loving this feud. They've made it where... Austin Theory is scared of, not only scared of Loomis, but he's kind of trying to understand him. And like saying he's misunderstood. And then you've got uh, Indy Wrestling, Indy Hartwell, who thinks Loomis is hot. So she didn't get involved in the match. And then Johnny Gargano and his wife Candice are kind of just like, like, what the hell is going on? What's wrong with you two? So I, the end story here is they're sending Austin Theory to therapy that'll be on next week's NXT. So that should be freaking hilarious. Because of the fact that when Johnny distracted the ref and needed Theory to hit Loomis with the chair, he couldn't go through with it. And at the end, Johnny ended up suffering the loss by passing out to Loomis's uh, submission choke, well, chokehold, I'd say. Great match. I'm liking this feud. There's so many directions this could go. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott jumped Leon Ruff before his match. Against the Diamond in the Rust, Tyler Rust. I'm loving this. Swerve came out looking like a cool-ass hip-hop artist. And fucking, you know, they say a, a true heel is someone that is right about something, but the way they go around proving their point, protesting it is just heel, is just bad. They'll go to violent or unnecessary lengths or just over-exaggerate and complain about it. So Swerve is just, you know, he has a right to be like, yo, how's Leon Ruff getting all these opportunities and, like, I'm not. But, you know, he did get opportunities to get the Cruiserweight title from Escobar. You know what I mean? And he and he failed. But at the same point, it's like, now he's trying to say, like, you know, but, like, I'd like to get a... T uh, sorry. See, I almost pulled a JR. I'd like to get an NXT North American title shot. Like, how come this guy got it? Like, out of nowhere. So that's where he has the valid claim. It, it doesn't help that Ruff beat him in their one-on-one -on -one match, uh, I believe it was last week, but... I'm thinking this should lead to where they have a one-on-one -on -one match with the winner getting a North American title shot. And that's where Swerve should earn his title shot. He deserves it. Uh, Zia Lee defeated Casey. Katadindaro 
Uh, I thought Casey got too much offense. I didn't mind her getting a bit. And, you know, Zaya trying to kind of swat her off, taking a few, like, you know, bumps, knocks out of the ring here is a little too much. I think Zaya needed to be booked stronger against here. It wouldn't hurt Casey. She got some crazy offense and just, you know, even in a brief moment had a little bit of sympathy or she's trying to reason with Zaya. Zaya just fucking destroys her. But I'm not going to nitpick it too much because at the end she ended up crushing Casey's, like, leg or knee on the steps. And Casey could not continue. And then even after the fact, she threw a roundhouse kick to the, her head when the referees were helping him, her up. Uh, so I thought, you know, that that was a good ending to the segment. So I'm not going to nitpick it too much. Uh, the Grizzle Young Vets, <laughs> they're pretty hilarious. They attacked the Dusty Rhodes Classics men's tag winners, MSK backstage, injuring them to the point where now their title match on NXT might be uh, in jeopardy against, uh, sorry, Birch and Lorcan. I think they're still going to go through with the match, but it's going to be like, because it's too soon to have them as tag champ, MSK as tag champs, even though like winning the classic is fine. Too soon to have them as tag champs, but also too soon to just beat them like already, like even though they won the tournament and it is the tag champs maybe. So, you know, give them an out, have someone, you know, one of them has a knee injury, uh, Birch and Lorcan win the match, and then the. F- I think I'd like to see a triple threat with all t- three teams involved. I think that's where it leads. Either way, they beat uh, the Vets. Then after that, beat Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. Backstage, when Dane was checking on Drake and make sure he was okay, you had Alexander Wolf, his former member from Sanity, tell Dane, "Man, he used to be a killer. He used to be a badass." And like. What if you reduced yourself to? So hopefully we're getting a sanity reunion. This you know it'd be nice to have a, a badass team like this. Those two work well together, and I think it's just like NXT is the place to make it. Like establish this team now, and then hopefully when they eventually move to Raw or SmackDown, that there's hope for them there. Cameron Grimes is hilarious. That this gimmick of him being rich now and he's trying to act like the million dollar man Ted DiBiase, where. Uh, Ted DiBiase, many in the 80s, asked the little kid to dribble the basketball. If he got it 10 times, he'd get like 100 bucks. And right when the kid get not, got nine and was going for 10, DiBiase kicked it away. Grimes tried it to someone backstage. He forgot to kick the ball, so he had to pay the guy a 1000 bucks. Then later on, he tried to do it outside to uh, this really tall black girl. And as he went to uh, <laughs> knock it up. No, did he go for a kick? Yeah, he went for a kick and he missed because she just dribbled it through her legs, and she got the thousand. And then finally, later in the night, in the third segment, it was hilarious. He, he's finally learned. He gives the guy the ball to dribble it, tells him to get a thousand, and the guy dribbles it once, and then Cameron Grimes punches him right away. So this is fucking hilarious. I wasn't the biggest fan of this guy and his character. I thought he was a little amusing, but I didn't. Now, with this character development and the the, the way he's playing it and the way he gets so worked up with the, yo, our man Ted DiBiase, you ain't smarter than me. I'm like, no, 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 this, they're onto something here. This is, this is going to elevate him even higher. This is perfect. Io Shirai had a match with Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark looks like an old bodybuilding mom. Uh, she's not bad in the ring. I think they exaggerated the fact that this was some incredibly hard fought match. I mean, Io had to make it where it was like that. I'm not saying the Zoe Starks isn't a great wrestler, but I think there's a lot of better talents on all three rosters, especially on NXT, the best women's division in the world, that could have given Io a better match. Io did the whole aftermatch, giving her, shaking her hands, kind of giving her some like props for it. 
because obviously she's booked to do that. But it was a nothing special match. But Io always makes it entertaining for me. I just don't think the challenger was up to the task it, to make it like you know a four or five star match like Io's ca- capable of doing and does most of the time. Tony Storm came out after, pointed out that a takeover, Io had to pin Mercedes Martinez because she couldn't beat her, and she's you know since she's they've been in uh, WWE slash NXT. Like, she beat her in the Mae Young Classic, and that Io has never, never beat her. So I'm loving this feud. They're going to finally, Io says she'll take her on any time. The match has been booked for two weeks from uh, this week's show. I can't wait for that. I hope that's the main event. It should be. Could it be the time where Io drops the belt? I would have no problem with that. This Tony Storm makes sense, and it could just be like, Tony's, uh, sorry, Io's beating everyone. The one person she can never beat is Tony Storm's. Maybe in the future, down the road, a year or two years from now, whenever it is, she finally gets her win because that would be another great story to tell. But that could set up EO to go to Raw or SmackDown and, you know, maybe Raw and elevate that shore and keep it going up and fucking hopefully get another women's title. I would love to see that. So there's a lot of possibilities there. I'm a, I am I feel like EO will retain and then lose the title around WrestleMania to Raquel. But I'm also hoping that Raquel and Dakota take the women's tag team titles from Nia and Shayna this coming Wednesday on NXT. If they don't, I think that's where Raquel makes the turn. She doesn't need Dakota anymore. And then she focuses on just being a fucking killer and goes and takes the uh, NXT Women's Championship from Io Shirai. Let's see how that goes. That's the way I'm looking at it. Santos Escobar showed up with... Del, sorry, Legato Del Fantasma. What an incredible no DQ match he had with Karrion Cross. This was fucking badass. From fighting in the parking lot to fighting in the truck to getting into the arena and behind the, what do they call it, the pixie glass. When Escobar tried to get away and he's on the other side of the glass and you see Cross grabs Legato del Fantasma both by their hair and just throws them through and they fall right through the glass. Obviously the glass doesn't break because it's protective glass. And then you just see the look of shock on Escobar's face and you look, you look over across and he's got that intense killer look that he has. That was fucking tremendous. Like that just really highlighted the match. This was takeover quality. Probably because they didn't have enough room for this on the takeover PPV. Or special, I'm assuming that's why they gave them not only enough time, but made it as good as it is, or was. I've watched it like four or five times already, and that was only been in like a four-day span. Uh, Cross ended up t- pretty much taking care of uh, Legato del Fantasma again, with power bombs into the pixie glass and throwing them into the steps. The end came when he was just do- doomsday saitoing the hell out of Santos Escobar, even with one off the ring steps through the table, Took him back for one more in the ring, and then he hit the time's up forearm to the back of the head, and that was it. Phenomenal match, phenomenal win. These guys I heard work together in Mexico a lot. Carrying Cross even did an interview and said that they've had everything from steel cage matches to no DQ matches to wrestling matches all over Tijuana. And that's why I was expecting it to be great. And it fucking lived up to the expectations that I had. It fucking even surpassed it. I knew it'd be good. This was great. Like I said, to the point where I watched it like four or five times. Fucking Karrion Cross now has been elevated even higher 
in NXT and just in the company as a whole. And same thing for Santos Escobar. I see both as future world champions. And I'm not talking about just in NXT, like, because Cross has already won it. I'm talking Raw or SmackDown, probably both. Adam Cole came out, said he was sorry for what he did to Alex, uh, sorry, Kyle O'Reilly. Then you had Roderick Strong out there just being like, come on, what? You all of a sudden feel sorry? Like, took you this minute? What about all these other days? Like, something doesn't feel right here. Before we could get more answers, Finn Balor came out, kind of pushes Roderick out of the way, goes after Cole. Cole gets the best of him here. But the interesting part about all this is, see, Balor didn't know who to trust. And you kind of felt like in the end Strong was going to go with Cole, but then it was just like, the more you watch it, you're like, no, I, I want Strong to be on his own. Like the good guy that's like, what the hell are you doing? You're breaking up our group. So Strong tried to break everything up and at the same time pull Balor off his, his, you know, his buddy who he's trying to get answers from. Balor turns his attention to him because he knows he can't trust like the group, starts beating the hell out of Strong, who's not really fighting back because he's just trying to get answers and, and he has nothing against Finn and then Cole jumps him, hits him with the super kick and he's out. So then you have Roderick Strong and Cole in the ring. Roddy's like, you know, like, I want my answer. Like, what's going on here? And Cole starts sobbing, saying he's sorry for what he's done. He made a made a huge mistake. Like, like, please help him. Please forgive him. And that's when you just knew, like, all right, he's got on his knees. He's crying. Roderick Strong's standing up. WWE's famous for the low blow spot, <coughs> overdoing it. But it's not as bad in NXT because they barely do it compared to how much has been done on Raw and SmackDown. And yep, it was done. He hit him with the low blow. Roderick Strong was down, and as he's holding his crotch, he took the super kick too. Cole ripped off the uh, dog tags of the Undisputed Era off Roddy's neck. And basically he tweeted out after the fact that I was always the Undisputed Era. So he don't need any of them. He's, the group is totally disbanded now. Hopefully they don't have them fucking coming out like idiots wearing like it's fine for like leading up to like this week's show, but now after all after this has happened, it would be stupid for like them to be wearing the undisputed era merch. Time to get your your own merchandise. I think Cole should keep the song. It'll be kind of funny like when DX was feuding and they were arguing over who had the rights to the theme song. I think they could do this here. It would be pretty entertaining. I I'd like to see it. But I think what makes the most sense is for Cole to have the song. It goes with the whole Adam Cole baby gimmick and the whole boom part. I think, you know, that's the song he should keep. Kind of like how Roman was the, kept the Shield song, even up to now. He's in the works of getting a new song, but that's another story. So that's the way I think it should be. Both had great shows. Uh, my match of the night, like I said, there was like four good matches that I enjoyed three yeah two two per show for AEW Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix like I said did it for me and Dr. Britt Baker and Nyla Rose for NXT it was Karrion Cross against Santos Escobar and uh, what's it called Johnny Gargano against Dexter Loomis but my match of the week was no doubt you guys know what it was it was Karrion Cross. Fucking taken down Legato del Fantasma, all three of them. Hell of a match. Escobar elevated, like I said. Fucking carrying cross moved up even higher. It's like that was my match of the night. And that is why NXT wins this week and moves up to 5 3 
in the Wednesday Night Wars. Have a good day.